And with number eight on the list, we yeah. have two more. Uh, That's it, everybody. Good night. Good right, night. Right. So long. Farewell. <laughs> Good night, San Diego. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys. We're running late today. People have things with work. Uh, Cover Price guys had some stuff they had to deal with. So I literally just got this list about 30 minutes ago, and the graphics going up. So, you know, sometimes life hey, happens, man. So It wouldn't be a Lord show. Yeah, it wouldn't be a Lord show. So, you know what? Um, we're just going to skip the music introduction and go uh, right to it. No, I'm lying. After this episode, everybody, I want you to go on to YouTube. I want you to type in Dean Winchester, Eye of the Tiger. You're going to, that, that, every time I hear that song, I think of that episode. And then there's a long extended version. It's the best. It's hilarious. There you go. I just followed her on Twitch and she was speaking. I did not know she was French. DJ Lady style. She's from France. Go figure. Anyway, hey, shout out to everybody in the live chat. Thanks for, uh, Hanging out with us. I see my man Matt DeVoe in the house from Cover up, Price. Make sure you guys say what's up yeah, to him. Uh, my man, three men in the basement, uh, holding it down, Otto. So uh, this is the, um, yeah, this is the Cover Price. Yeah, shakers list. Shakers of yeah. the week, boys and girls. So this comes from our friends at Cover Price. This uh, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales from the exclusive daily shakers list. This list changes several times every day. So make sure you check it out every day. To review some of the hottest trending books on the market, and if you're not, make sure you make sure you uh, hit them up. You get a two week free trial or sign up for six ninety nine a month, and you can see all fifty shakers a week. And then later on this evening, after we go through our list, we're gonna go and cover uh, what's shaking today. The show is also sponsored by our good friends at KRSComics.com. Go to KRSComics.com. Use discount code of LOTOB to get fifteen percent off any KRSComics exclusives. And yes. 
Ryan and I will be mm-hmm. down in Chula Vista, California tomorrow. That's right. Sometime in the afternoon, hanging out with the, we'll be backstage hanging out with the KRS crew. Say, if you see us and uh, you're getting a Clinton Crane signature, say, what's up, man? I'll try to record some footage too uh, for uh, YouTube, just and do uh, some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, and, uh, maybe we could do an Instagram um, Live or something. I, I hope you guys didn't miss out on this because when this dropped, it's, uh, it's sold out like uh, almost. Pretty man, of course it did. Look at that yeah. cover. Oh my god, yeah. But anyway, nothing is caught dropping Friday. I'm lying. Uh, this <laughs> Damn, Miles I, Morales, yes. number 29, Mike Mayhew sneakerhead variant this looks is cool. so dope. There's the trade dress and man. the virgin. I, I have a feeling this is gonna get hot because this is like you know, Jack and everybody and I have been talking about how the cross pollination of uh hobbyists, I guess. And the people who like comics would dig this, and sneakerheads are really. I mean, name this. one other cover that has just shoes on it. Yeah, I think there might be one. Right, and we've, and seen, we've seen some like upward trend with this like sneakerhead uh, crossover with comics, where you've had kind of the uh, the Skybound has done with uh, Firepower, um, putting Jordans on the cover. There's been some heat on that you've seen rose bash really put sneakers into her art That's this right, takes, yeah. this takes it to a whole nother level though because it's yeah. not it's not about the sneakers being a part of the art the sneakers are the are art, the art yeah. And it's, yeah. as a sneakerhead for me uh the moment i saw this cover it was just instant instant attraction i knew i had to have it set your timer for noon eastern nine pacific tomorrow um if you guys don't know what the sneakerhead community is it's you think you spent a lot of money on comics? Man, there are yeah. customizable kicks. There's all kinds of crazy stuff, and and just like how we slab comics, they actually uh, they seal their sneaks in uh, like uh, plastic so that they'll never get ruined. They don't even want it. It's a really so they don't even wear them. It's just like a no, collection no. I mean, of I mean, if shoes. you look at some of their closets, it's crazy how wow. many they have, but. Uh, so let's get right to it, boys and girls. These are the shakers of the week brought to you by CoverPrice.com. And uh, let's kick it. You know what? This this shakers list has a lot of modern stuff on it. So I think a lot of people will get maybe some, uh, you know, I'm four excited. out of tens, five out of tens. Because normally people are like offers on the shakers list. But I think yeah. people uh, got a good chance to get some numbers on this. So uh, let's kick it off. Although our order. friend King of the Golden State, didn't he have like eight out of ten or something one week? He's lying. No, I'm just I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, that's right. why we pull out these weird ones. There are always some uh, some uh, golden well, age. I got books, a favorite but... one coming up, but yeah. I won't ruin it. Yeah, I personally have like three or four on this list, but I'm not going to give out any secrets. All right, what do we got for number one? All right, number one this week is Angela Asgard's Assassin. Number one, this is the Phil Jimenez variant and loose content rumors driven by pure speculation of angela joining the mcu via garden guardians of the galaxy volume three is giving various angela variants nice price bones this hard to find one in 50 phil jimenez variant for her first solo marvel series sells raw his name is jimenez jimenez Jimenez. i'm sorry you know what it's don't take offense to my mispronunciations (laughs) all right otto (laughs) okay um the series sells raw for fifty to a hundred dollars. However, a nine point eight this week went for three hundred and fifty dollars. We haven't had any confirmation of her appearing. However, as the creation of comic legend Neil Gaiman, she does have a decent chance of showing up eventually. I think. I mean, if she's the sister of Thor, maybe. 
I meant um, kind of uh, this is how our worlds cross pollinate between cover price and then my our own scoops that we have my man Mikey Sutton from Gigosity um, that we had Angela on a long term spec list that she would be appearing uh, in the MCU and uh, in Thor Ragnarok if not uh, perhaps um, Guardians of the Galaxy somewhere she's coming put it this way she is coming. Um, especially, you know, with the multiverses and the realms and all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. So, um, but do you think as a main character or, or not a main character, but a more of a role, or do you think just kind of a, like a quick one-off there she no, is? She's going to stay. I mean, yeah. she's the sister of Thor. I mean, so I mean, at least in retcon sister of Thor, but you know, it's interesting that spawn nine book. I wonder, you know, well, this is a one in 50, uh, 9.8350. So we'll see if she comes, if that spawn number nine. I think book. this multiverse opening things up in variants of uh, siblings and, and people, I think we could open up the door for Angela very easily now. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't, we won't spoil Loki since it was on um, last night. Was it last night? Or yeah, last night, Wednesday. So we want some more wow, Loki, geez. but at the end of it, man, it sure does open a door for a Ooh, lot of stuff. Um, it does. Uh, so I won't leave it at that. Please, no spoilers in the live chat for those who haven't seen it yet. But yo, I can't believe they actually did that reveal. We kind of thought that it was. You I know, mean, it, that it seemed too good to be true. It was one of those things where I was like, you figured it might but it just uh, seemed too good to be true yeah it's pretty amazing i mean all the signs pointed to it but we're like no yeah. they're not gonna do it yet but boom they did so uh well see they boner, the they've bonered us so many times that we were thinking there was gonna be a boner yeah. and it wasn't yeah um so there you go uh wasn't no curveballs this time they threw a straight fastball right down yep. the middle man so <laughs> yeah, they did. strike Yep, Angela's Asgard's assassin number one, the Phil Jimenez, one in fifty variant, a nine point eight so for a cool three hundred fifty bonards. All right, what do we got up next, Jack? All right, next up we're looking at Conan the Barbarian number two forty one, the direct edition from Marvel in nineteen ninety one, and my fellow AKA Todd McFarlane, AKA the Todd Father, is clearly a modern legend. Those early founders of Image became huge celebrities in the world of comics. Todd's uh, reach extended into legit celebrity outside of comics, into toys and Hollywood content. Demand for his early work is rapidly, uh, rapidly growing collector trend. This book is a perfect example. While not a last issue, it is definitely nearing the end uh, with issue 275. Uh, print runs were low, and not many kept this book in high condition. This book sells for $40 raw and a new high sale this week of $399 for oh. a CC 9.8. Wow. Now, is this, the la this isn't the last episode, right? Or is no, it? Yeah, 275 is the last okay, one. Okay, 275. That's right. Yeah, is that's, this his first Marvel work? Um, it's early Marvel work. It's yeah. not his first. But because I know, it, yeah, because this looks a whole lot better than Coyote cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it's know, and it's uh, super overlooked. Um, it's in and you're in Matt's right. You're starting to get to a point now where you're seeing all of these early McFarlane covers. I mean, if you find a McFarlane cover, um, kind of like pre i would say spider-man spider-man number one i think everything before that mcfarlane um if you can catch that in bins at this point in the game you're, you should be grabbing it Wait, i'm trying to think did he actually do the cover on coyote or he he did the internal art i'm i, I, I mm. can't i know that's his first work that he's ever done in comics the that yeah then there's, uh, then there's a gi joe i think yeah. 60 um 
Yeah, and he also did that um, that DC Invasion uh, three issue yep. miniseries. Uh, so that's early uh, McFarland stuff too that he did uh, all the internals for as well. So I don't know what it is, man. It's just uh, maybe nineties is the. It's McFarlane Maybe fever, right? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. We'll I mean, see. he's a goat. I think. I think if you look at what's going on, I I, I always point to looking at other markets. Um, in sports cards, there has been um, a kind of move with investing to like f- put some focus on the goats, on the greatest of all times. There, there's the the a less of a chance of like a, a variety in pricing. You're going to get some stability, and I think Todd McFarlane. If you look at the world of comics, outside of Stanley, outside of Jack Kirby, Steve Dicko, you really got to start to look at Todd McFarlane as one of those true goats of comics. You know, and speaking yeah. of cards, you said the other day I saw on Instagram. Todd McFarlane has a card where he's has a shirt off and he's like swinging a baseball bat. Yep. <laughs> so go get that one if you want McFarlane and cards. It's the trifecta. <laughs> well, what's interesting is, um, you know, McFarlane. Uh, some people don't even know him from comics. They know him from his toys, and toys, they know yeah. him from the yep. uh, the sports action figures that he was making. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, man, I really hope Spawn is a good movie. Man, I, I mean, I, you know, him as a director writer. I don't know. Hopefully, he gets somebody else to do the the heavy lifting on that, so he can you know focus on telling him what type of stories to tell. But. Ooh, man, that movie's been a development forever now. It's not no trailers or anything. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, we'll blame it on the pandemic, I guess. But I, when the first Spawn trailer drops, you know, I, I really hope those stories aren't true about it's going to be a Spawnless Spawn movie where it's just kind of Spawn lurking and the, the spirit of Spawn or something like that. I need full-on Spawn yeah. with the c- crazy cape just going all over the place, man. So Please. Conan the Barbarian, number 241 from 1991. All right, here's one that. Uh, well, this is the favorite of the list, yeah. in my opinion. This is my <laughs> favorite book, Cowpuncher Number Two. This is from <laughs> Avon Publishing, uh, back in 1947. And don't ever say you didn't learn anything on Lords of the Longbox, because cowpunchers were nicknames for cowboys or animal herders due to their tendency to literally punch cows to get them to move. While totally no longer applicable or widely used. The title is almost comical, which is pretty clear why this book of uh, run of books from Avon is so popular. Issues two through seven of the seven issue run all center around good girl art covers. And issue two specifically was done by the very popular Golden Age artist Jack Kamen. This week, we saw a CGC 5.5 sell for $900, easily beating the prior high sale of $256 from all the way back in 2012. The books from this run are quite rare with only 26 copies on the CGC census. So if you're trying to compete, complete this small run, keep your eyes open when they come up for sale and be sure to watch out for replicas. Yeah. So, um, last week we gave you a brief little, uh, rundown of what actually good girl comics are, are what, when they were coined and what type of art they were. Um, and, uh, by the way, do not search cow puncher on Pornhub. (laughs) It means a totally different thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just a funny name, man. But just to think like, good Lord, they used to punch cows, man. That's kind of messed up, man. And you know, then when you see, you know, when the bulls put the horns on you, Hey, karma, man. All right. So, uh, next on the list is cow puncher number two from 1947. 
this one is one of my favorites, and I can proudly say I own a copy in Near Mint. Well, we're talking about Dr. Voodoo, the Avenger of the Supernatural, number one, the Philip Tan 1 in 15 variant that Marvel brought to us in 2009. Uh, while still not officially confirmed for Doctor Strange 2, most fans and speculators are pretty confident that Brother Voodoo will appear in the second film. When it comes to key books, collectors like to seek out the first and second appearances and then the notable hard-to-find modern variants. For Voodoo, this is, uh, this is pretty much it, pre-Strange Academy. That makes it nice and easy for collectors to seek. The problem is it's been on everyone's radar for the past year, specifically back in March 2020 when it jumped from a $5 book to $50 and quickly dried up and into collections. This is not an easy book to find, despite the relatively obtainable 1 in 15 ratio. Very few copies show up. Uh, cut to this week, where a raw copy sold for a hefty $200. Expect this to go way up once he's confirmed. It's a book worth noting uh, that the state... Worth noting, the standard cover for this series is also a steady $20 book with a fantastic cover. Yeah. While we're yeah. on... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I say, while we're on Dr. Voodoo, it's worth noting that Dr. Voodoo, the origin of Jericho Drum, the 2009 special reprinting of his origins as Brother Voodoo in Strange Tales, number 169 and 170. It is relatively tough to find online, hence the current fair market value is $40 with asking prices well above that. It's definitely worth looking for. Yeah, I was just going to say, and John Longshot uh, beat me to it, this is homage of Doctor Strange number one uh, with the cover art done by the great Frank Bruner. And uh, I bought this probably four or five years ago simply because of that, because of the homage to Doctor Strange number one, because I'm a huge uh, Doctor Strange fan. And so it's exact homage to that. Uh, is, I wonder if it's on the cover. Yep. I think it says Tan After Bruner on, on the cover. Uh, and uh, if you remember the Doctor Strange number one, it's Doctor Strange and he's got like serpents around him and he's got the the orb there sitting. Um, yeah. So uh, if you haven't, go peep out the Lord's video from, uh, I think, last week. Uh, me and Mikey Sutton gave us a Doctor Voodoo scoop that uh, after he appears in Into the Multiverse of Madness, they're planning on doing a Doctor Voodoo Disney Plus series that's going to take place in New Orleans. And there's a whole bunch of interesting characters on that. So um Go peep it out. You know, you know what? I'll do you guys a favor and I'll drop it in the live chat. Well, New Orleans, that only really makes sense. Voodoo. Yeah. Uh, what What is the cover swipe of this? Is this Doctor Strange one? Doctor Strange number one uh, with the uh, it's uh, Frank Bruner cover. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it, it it's one of the like Frank Bruner is one of my favorite artists that did on the Doctor Strange run. Um, it, it's just absolutely amazing the the art. The, it's like you know sometimes you have to have the the perfect combination of artist and character to yeah. do it justice you know what i mean and he i mean he nails it it's very cool so um hey but if you want to see our scoop about uh brother voodoo there you go right there his name's going to be dr voodoo Boom. he's been called dr voodoo for a while now they stopped changing his uh name and at one time he became the uh sorcerer supreme but now he's in uh He's in uh, Strange Academy, but yeah, check out the link I dropped in there. We have a Doctor Strange long or Doctor Voodoo long term spec list uh, from a man Mikey Sutton who's hearing that they're going to be spinning him off into his own series on Disney Plus. So, uh, cool. and if you've been paying attention, 
Disney Plus is the new spec ground, man. People have lost their damn minds. I mean, when the Thanos copter shows up on our top ten, just Ridiculous. because of a little scene, man, that is crazy. Love but, hey, I love uh, it. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Hey, I mean, man. it makes it fun, kind of. It's like, what's kind of you know, everybody. Uh, yeah, and you aggravating, gotta, you gotta fun and mobile, aggravating man. at the same. You got to be mobile. You got to be ready <laughs> to have those books ready for sale the moment something hits. Yeah. Yeah, because no matter how are, cool that is, dude, that's the problem I have. I'm never ready. Me, though. Well, me well, well, that's why you, I watch it. I I'm a little ahead of the curve. I could watch it at midnight, and you just have eBay open at the same time you're watching a Disney Plus show, and you know mm-hmm. that's like when you know, and then you like, hey, immediately, and and it's interesting. You'll see the correlation between like when it when the episode actually airs and they reveal something and you look on eBay and the book that you were just watching disappeared because somebody bought it but it's Oh yeah that- you can, if you if you just simply look at sold listings under first appearance um right after a Disney Plus show like airs you will spoil exactly what happened on that show or what's hinting towards happening just by the number of like the same book you'll see click off that night yeah, it's kind of amazing, man. Because um, I remember when we when Disney Plus first came out, and I was thinking, man, I wonder if this is going to be a new um, level of spec. Because prior to that, streaming shows really didn't cause the market to move that much. But as we know, with 2020 and this 2021 is this continuation of that, along with all the other people that are coming into the hobby from uh, the world of trading cards to NFTs to whatever. You know, it's just more influx of cash that's coming in. So if you have them, it's a great time to sell them. Uh, if you don't have them, use that long-term spec list and buy them before they uh, come yeah, out. So they're at least a year out. I mean, yeah. I've yeah, had game. many a nice buy uh, because of those spec lists. So yeah, so you know, you buy them for cheap, and hopefully, if nothing happens, nothing, you, nothing venture, nothing gain. But if something does pop, and this, oh man, especially now, I, I, I. I, I I wonder how long this can go on for, but I, I don't see if there is a bubble. I don't see it bursting. I just see the bubble kind of deflating uh, a little with, bit. I mean, does does it does it deflate when they stop making the movie? I mean, they'd have to stop making TV shows and movies. Well, even now, it's not even about that. It's characters' first appearances, like who show up on a cover price top ten. I mean, you know, it's that which is what I like to call organic, right? It's, it's well, the or- yeah, there is still a lot of organic. You're right. Yeah, so the, you know that's 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 a sign of a healthy uh, market when it's not just movies and TV. Obviously, movie and TVs are what is the top you know draw, but now it's first appearances of a character mm. that comes a lot through. of nostalgia. I mean, I mean, just like a punchline, right? The summer of punchline. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, you well, know, I mean, was- and, and then we've also got like, we've also got so many of these like indie properties that have been oh, like yeah. coming to these agreements that are just starting to mature and get to a point where we're going to start to see more and more of these properties become television shows and movies. And I, once that happens, it's going to open doors. That's going to be sink or swim because you're going to get a point very soon where, you know, on, on like Netflix, you're going to have like four or five boom properties hitting all at once i kind of feel bad for outcast man like it like it came out way yeah it was ahead of its time if outcast were to come out now 100 um, it would just blow out the market right 100 Um, yeah it's a good Um, book and a good show and even lock and key came out and really didn't but if lock and key were to come out now it would it would blow up you know what i mean um, so it's very also IDW is a bit of a mess at this point. They struggle yeah, with leadership true. right now, so I don't think that they're yeah. fully supporting some of their their titles that they should be getting like fully behind. 
like uh, <clears throat> Canto. Yeah. Oh, Canto. I can't wait to see that. Man. But, you know, <laughs> they could always join Bad Idea. Uh, anyway, so Dr. Voodoo, Avenger of the Supernatural number one, the Philip Tan one in 15 variant. Oh, I'm glad I got one. Uh, I got, yeah, I got one on here. All right, what's next? This one's interesting. Yeah, Earthworm Jim number one. This is from Marvel in 1995. <laughs> Marvel absurd. I love it. When we talk about nostalgia, Earthworm Jim easily falls into that category, swinging into the super. NES or Sega Genesis in 1994, this title stood out in terms of originality and amazing graphics. The character had several games across multiple platforms throughout the rest of the 90s. He was everywhere at that time. In fact, it was awarded the best Genesis game in 1994 by the Electronic Gaming Monthly, which was a pretty big deal back then. Nintendo Power was a little harder on it and ranked it 114th out of 200 but still yeah i know idiots still seeing how out of control graded sealed games sell for these days this comic is the perfect nostalgia buy as one seller did at 350 dollars for a cgc 9.8 a new high sale for this issue and based on how high video game comics are getting uh especially early ones this will probably seem like a big deal in the future. So I remember this was on the PC before it came on platforms, uh, our consoles, if I recall correctly, Earthworms. Remember, there's another uh, I only game. remember it on the platform. If there was a leisure, leisure Suit Larry yes. comic, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's hilarious that you bring that up, man. My brother got a copy of that, and I we would spend, because you had to answer those questions, but they yeah. would ask you the same questions over and over. So you'd figure out once you got the right answer, you could just go back. And it was like one of the first uh, oh, kind great. of adult themed uh, video games. I mean, I must know. have been 13, 12 years yeah. old. Larry, man. But Which hilarious. is funny thing is it's tame by today's. Oh, so exactly. Tame. I was just going to say it was that. Like it's pretty tame. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like we've been saying, man, this is the perfect example. I got to the hot tub. If you watch our shows and notice the shakers or even the top the the top ten list, that this is definitely the influx of people from the video game yeah. grading community coming mm-hmm. in and saying, "Hey, I wonder if there's anything I could buy comics worth." And they know video games, and I go, "Because like, I guarantee you, if it wasn't the video game people buying these up, it wouldn't. I, you know, I don't think these would show up. You know yeah. what I mean? There's- we've, you know, you're right, you're right, and we've seen." An influx of video game. I, there's video game stores uh, that are not. I mean, not GameStop. They're like these retro yep. pop-ups that you're seeing all over the place. It's really cool to see kind of a resurgence of the old stuff. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know what? Earth and Dream would make a great animated series. I think. Yeah. I agree. Well, and that, so that's the other thing is you're starting to see more and more of these uh, video game properties starting to get licensed by Hollywood. That's become an upward trend. So I think that that's only going to continue. And then today, Netflix's announcement that they're moving into the video game space and that you're going to have video games on your Netflix account, I think is going to open up the doors for a lot of, you know, they, they can't just, it's kind of like when you look at Netflix and their films, they don't just have all brand new properties. Um, they've also got a lot of old properties. I think they're going to do the same with video games. So I think you're going to see some resurgence in some of these old licensed properties. Yeah, they just did a new Resident Evil like uh, uh, animated series, CGI yep. animated series. But 
I remember in the past, man, um, if you if they made a video game into a movie, you just like, oh, no. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I think the new Mortal Kombat changed that a little bit, right? Uh, you know, I, it was definitely better than the original Mortal Kombat. I don't care what you say. You guys think the original Mortal Kombat is good? You need to go back and watch it, okay? And when you were it's younger, not, it was good. When yeah. you watch it now, it is not a good movie at it's all. It's like Batman 89. It just doesn't hold up, you know? Yeah. But, you know, with uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, like, you know, Hollywood is seeing, hey, let's see what these indie properties that we could buy in comic books or uh, with video games or action figures. Because now we got Snake Eyes, the Transformers thing, Mask, Visionaries, all that stuff, man. So, you know. Hollywood is saying, "Hey, man, there's uh, money in there, their hills, you know, and they know." Damn that my parents for throwing away all my toys. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, they you. didn't like you. That's I curse right. you. I curse you. Yeah. All right. So, Earth Jer- <laughs> Earthworm Jim, number one, uh, from 1995 on the list. All right. Hey, another one I got on the list. What's next? There we go. We got Invincible Iron Man number seven, the David Lopez Women of Power variant that Marvel brought in 2016. And when Re- <clears throat> excuse me, when Riri Williams first appeared in this issue, albeit via cameo, it was the book to get. In fact, subsequent printings celebrated this, like the third print stating featuring the first appearance of Riri Williams. Despite this, the market determined that issue nine was a more substantial full appearance of Riri. Over the past year, issue nine has surged well past issue seven. Despite the market preference, this is still not an issue to ignore. In fact, this Women of Power variant just had its biggest sale yet this week at $700 for a CGC 9.8. Wow. Yeah, we've been talking about this book for a long time. And I hate this cameo versus first full, full appearance argument. Uh, to me, it's like if she, if she first appeared in this issue... She first appeared in this issue. Right. But, you know, I know that people are always going to go with um, they, these qualifiers that we have in the first appearance market where people want to say, well, you know, she didn't appear enough. So this is the one. And it just seems like we don't have set a, a, a set basis of rules. Um, and I think this is one of those books. Well, that, you know, it, the rules change that. based on who has what books. <laughs> exactly. And then in the, in the sway and, and, and who comes out early, specifically right. whoever's early, to heavily talk about a book tends to be which direction that book lands. Right, right. Um, and it match right here. Like this was like there was like a moment where seven was the book and then it was nine. Um, and it's one of those things. Like I think mo- most people who were investing in this probably had both. Um, yeah, and, I do. Like, yeah, I do as well. Um, you know, and I think that I think I have also like the nine had that like Age of Apocalypse variant as well that was like obtainable at the time. Um, it's just funny how those things always become a thing whenever you have kind of like well i'm trying to think there because there's the there's one of them that's even at a different volume um is number nine is even in the same run or uh, i'm trying to think uh there was yeah the one is is two issues later yeah because there's another uh iron man uh williams that's in a different volume of iron man you know but this is back when you know they did uh 12 Mm -hmm. issues rebooted and did another volume so i mean uh because they changed it back to like um, you know, the impenetrable Iron Man or whatever the fuck his name is going to be. But uh, yeah, man. So if you've been reading the tea leaves, man, and the amount of people specking on Disney Plus just and, you know, Riri Williams is coming to Disney Plus. Just hey, man, 
if you find them out there, grab them because it's only they're only going to blow up. Because now oh. we're realizing that Disney Plus people are really specking hard on that, and um, What If is really going to take it to another level. I think it's starting on August 11th. There is all kinds of crazy stuff in the What If series, and uh, we may have a scoop about that on this Saturday's live Ooh. show, uh, live from KRS HQ. Man, the first may ever. Have, uh, may have something about that. So. Uh, Marvel is dipping their toes deeply into the animated stuff. And if you've watched the What If trailer, the animation on there is just Looks absolutely cool. incredible. Incredible. You know, but it's it's Feige. So, you know, he wants the top-notch uh, animators to do it and the storyline. And then, you know, you got to get right in the feels when you hear Chadwick Boseman's voice, right? I mean, oh, that yeah. was, you know, that was, that was incredible. But, uh, man, some of the stories in there and the poster had a bunch of Easter eggs in there. I'm still trying to determine if it's Peter Parker, Sorcerer Supreme, or if it's the <laughs> Peter Parker from What If 19, because he wears a cape in that, in that one, too. So um, you may want to take a look at What If 19, the volume, uh, and uh, look at that cover, because Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, it's basically what if Spider-Man didn't become a crime fighter and he's wearing a cape because he's like uh, he's a talk show host. <laughs> but that same cape appears on the what if poster so i don't know man i'm not telling you guys one way or the other because it's too early to know but maybe that may be something to look into but you can find it for cheap what if 19 man so invincible iron man number seven the david lopez woman in power power variant from 2016 getting some love all right speaking of miles and speaking of love because everybody loves miles miles morales Ooh. ultimate spider-man number one this is the fiona staples one in 50 from 2014 and this staples variant is easily one of the most in-demand miles variants this exact scene was quickly played out in spider-man into the spider-verse and this week it sold for two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars for a cgc 9.8 while not the highest it's only a hundred dollars from back in august of 2020 when miles mania was at its height that is crazy because, yeah, this is directly taken from that scene. But it's just that's why Miles is I mean, like uh, 2020 was definitely the summer Huge. of Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. And, Punchline, came out. Right? you know, um, I, I can't even imagine, you know, and people think that, you know, oh, no, this book is. reached. No, I don't. I think the ceiling has not been reached yet. Uh, what did Michael Jordan say? The roof is the ceiling. <laughs> <that speech. laughs> um, because if when he appears in live action, it's going to go crazy. Uh, I mean, he's already oh, in a video dude. game, and he's going to be in into the spy into the Spider Verse, uh, the sequel. Um, so, but man, and when he appears live action, all bets are off. It's going to blow up. Um, so, he's, I'm, I'm going to say it'll go into the five thousand dollar range. Yeah, even if it's a relatively high print run, um, you know, for a nine point eight, uh, it'll be a, it'll be five G. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, and you know, everybody forgets like how young this character is. And that, that that you're talking about like a ten year old character, right? So you're you're talking about a character that um, I think yes, uh, Tim is spot on with like the, it's going to explode when he goes live action, but like I you got to look at Peter Parker. There's like a history of seventy years to to harken back to. Yeah, um, that's what's going to be exciting. Is like it's scary for me to think about what Miles Morales keys could be worth fifty years from now. Yeah. To have that kind of long set mind state with the oh, with a character like yeah, that. Yeah, right. This year from now, it's going to be. Is it, way it's going to be an iconic character. Right. Yeah. So uh, also pay attention to Spider Man, 
uh, issues one and two, the first meeting of Miles Morales and 616 Peter Parker, because it's bound to happen. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt that it, it may happen into uh, Spider-Man 3. If not, at the very least, we get a cameo of Miles Morales. And, you know, if when he if there is a cameo of Miles Morales in Spider-Man 3, people will lose oh, their minds. Oh, exploded. Heads oh, yeah. exploded. I mean, because the animated, the animated movies are just incredible on their own. I mean, you know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that that end of the Spider Verse is my favorite Spider Man movie of oh, all sure. of the Spider Man movies. Easy. Easily, yeah. yeah. I mean the the animators have already said they're taking it up another notch from what wow. they did the first time. I don't know what that means. Like yeah, you know, right. characters. Are well, just I know that it means the see it in 3D <laughs> and see it in IMAX. That's what it means. Yeah, you definitely 3D. This is one of the things animated movies. I always feel are present better in 3D than uh, live action. You know what I mean? I just agree. the way they can do more things with the 3D. Um, I haven't seen the 3D in like forever. I think the last movie I saw in 3D was Into the Spider-Verse because I had, I saw it in regular uh, Dolby and then I saw it in, in 3D and my mind was blown by just, uh, it was like panels coming out. Yeah, right you're inside you. of a comic. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe we are on inside Ooh. of a comic. <laughs> oh it's my a God. theory. The comic book theory. We're, we are all living in a bad idea comic. Wow. Oh my Jeez. God. All right. Miles Morales, Ultimate <laughs> Spider Man, number one, the Fiona Staples, one and fitty variant. Good Lord. 9.8 for 21 fitty. All right. You know what? We got to take it back a little bit now since we had all, throwing all these modern books at you. What do we got next? That's right. We're not talking about a future classic. We're talking about a current classic. We're talking about Tales of Suspense, number 57 from Marvel in 1964. This market is so interesting. Hawkeye has been around in the MCU for a decade now, yet it took a Disney Plus show to help his first appearance surge forward, which is exactly what this is doing. For example, this week, a CGC 5.0 sold for $1,500, which is almost... $500 more than it did in May of 2021 uh, and double that which it did in March of 2021. This is the case for most mid-grade copies. A couple weeks ago, a 7.0 sold for $3,499, which bested the last high a year ago uh, at $1,000. That's a significant jump. Yeah. This was also seen with a June sale of $2,800 for a 6.5, which was only $680 back in November of 2020. It is, it's incredible. It's truly a time. Anytime this book comes up, I have to talk about my experience with PGX. Um, I bought a Tales of Suspense 57 PGX 7.0. All right. Um, and I was like, you know what? I got it for a good price. I'm going to crack this, uh, press it, and get it sent off. And uh, it came back from CGC 5.0 with trim pages. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, there you go. So, man, I've uh, had it. I got, I got the trim pages. This is my uh, PGX disclaimer for you guys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not all graders are the same, but uh, be careful what you get. So, uh, Tales of, of Suspense number 57. Look at Hawkeye getting Hawkeye, some uh, maybe yeah. with this new series coming out. I like and it. Also, possibly because of the end of Black Widow, you know, I meant uh, teasing that. Uh, is it too early to talk about that? Or is, has everybody seen it? I meant, you know. I have not, but go ahead. Oh, never mind then. Anyway, there's a little Hawkeye thing at the end of uh, in the end credit scene of Black Widow, so it makes it a very. I mean, of course there was. It's a Black Widow movie. Yeah, but what 
it uh, it's uh, oh, what okay. the okay. context of it is what's interesting. So yes, Tales of Suspense number fifty-seven is five point zero sold for fifteen hundred. This one is a fun one. Yeah, and all the Loki madness, uh, Tomb of Dracula number fifty. This is from nineteen seventy-six. And if you remember in Loki, it was briefly mentioned, I think, in the first episode that vampires do exist in the MCU. This immediately piqued Dracula fans. So why not rush out to buy high grade copies of this issue featuring a Silver Surfer versus Dracula cover? Two eager buyers pulled the trigger on copies this week. One helped it reach a new high sale of $1,641 for a CGC 9.8, and the other one grabbed. A more sensible 9.2 at $200 this week. Okay. Somebody help me on the live chat. What's the significance of this issue? I meant... Um, Is it just a cool cover? Yeah. I meant, uh, you know, I meant I can see, you know... Yeah, when I saw that line uh, that Mobius and Mobius said about, you know, we've been fighting, what, Titans, something, and vampires, I immediately yeah. go, boom. Vampires are now canon in the MCU. Um, so that should immediately... But if somebody in the live chat can help us out here, is it just a cool 50th uh, anniversary issue? Uh, first meeting a Silver Surfer and Dracula? Or, uh, I meant, you know, what is it? I meant, you know, obviously it's probably because also it's a 9.8, but damn, 1600 for a 9.8? That seems rather a lot, um, unless, you know, there's something that we're missing in here. But uh, anyway, these, for some reason, Tuma Draculas are hard to find in high grade. I, you know, I don't think people were really. Is this a square them. bound? No. Oh, okay. no, it's just a fun anniversary issue, but uh, I mean the Tomb of Dracula run ran for a pretty long time, so uh, you know, so buy, people are buying up every all the vampires, Blade, you know, Morbius, Morbius, uh, Dracula, I uh, you know, start looking for time, you know. Oh, I got the Blade where Blade and Morbius meet. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's in a magazine actually. Uh, I forgot which magazine it is, but I have it. Uh, it's a, it's because you know they were doing a lot of horror magazines back in the day, and there's a magazine. I want to think it's a magazine. No, it was in a it was in a uh, another issue. God, I have it. Uh, it's a first Interfere meeting of, or something like that, right? Yeah, it's the first meeting of Morbius and Blade. Um, hopefully that would happen. That would be cool if we could see that on the big screen. So uh, there you go, man. So Tomb of Dracula number 50. Who would have thunk it? 9.8 sold for $1,650, man. Oh, boy. All right. Ah, now we got to get really, really weird with it. All right, what <laughs> do we got for the for number one? Got to. Got to look at a little Zap Comics number one from Apex Novelties in 1968. Now, Robert Crumb is a comic legend. What he did for the independent comic is on par for what Jack Kirby did for superheroes. This specific comic, Zap Comics, starring Mr. Natural, has been credited with being the model for underground comics. Crumb was a huge contributor to the counterculture movement of the 1960s and early 70s. Even as an indie, as it was... It still contributed to the mainstream media with the keep on trucking catchphrase slash art featuring Mr. Natural that Crumb popularized and debuted in this issue. Without Crumb, we wouldn't have Ninja Turtles or The Tick. With all that said, the first print tends to sell for relatively low amounts, mostly around $20. Granted, the paper quality for underground comics was terrible and high-grade copies for a 50-year-old book are tough to find. This week's sale of a CGC 5.0 
for $1,375 goes to show that there's a growing market for these industry important key books. So about 15 years ago, there was a Rob, uh, there was a crumb documentary. I, I tell you, you guys got to see it. The guy was a really interesting character, really tall, skinny, gangly guy. And he always was, a. I don't know how to say it. He wasn't really pervy, but let's just say he loved women, right? Um, was but was that what American Splendor is about with Giamatti, Paul Giamatti? I'm trying to think, but there was literally a document a documentary about Robert Crumb and how how he came up on the underground comic scene, and you know, and and just the the type of character that he was. He was a very very interesting dude, man. Very interesting. Cool uh, art. Just, I yeah, like it. good old Robert Crumb, but I forgot the name of the documentary. But you guys should should peep it out, man, just to see where where his mindset was, because um, he's a very interesting dude. So uh, let's go see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we we're a little bit late, but uh, we'd like to see what's shaking on today's shakers list as we uh, move on over. The favorite part of the night. Seeing what's on it today because this is a daily list. Yep, it changes daily, boys and yeah, girls. Yeah, that's why it's so fun to look at. All right. So, uh, as usual, here's the normal top 10. Here's highest units sold. But units. what we're concerned about is the shakers, Oof. where it's one off sales that really uh, jump off at you. Wow, look at that. Spider Man dominating. It's hot. Right? Yeah, I like it. Because I think there's also anticipation there's going to be a Spider-Man trailer dropping really soon, too. Um, look at that. Two Spider-Man number ones. Uh, a 4.0 sold for 18000 and a 3.5 sold for eight grand. Wow, that's a huge difference. Yeah, but that's between... uh, Pence or something. That's a different look at the oh, price. Oh, yeah, you're right. Let's Great. take a look yeah, at that one. One is 62, one is 63. Let's take a look at this yeah. one. Good job. Look at the big brand. Check out yeah, the big brand. UK price. Okay. See, there was, I didn't even know there was a UK variant wow. for this. That's amazing. So, uh, I mean, I remember wow. back in the day, the UK variants were kind of like poo-pooed on. They're like, nobody really cared. But now, foreign comics, they're all the rage, man. Uh, of course, we got to look at Kang. Uh, it looks like a 7.0. Oh, it's so funny, though. Loki, and then you got Blade, and then you got Kang, all from yeah. a Loki show. I'm sure from the Loki show. Yeah. So, uh, look at Ooh, this. a 7.0. That's Don't the you one have I one got, of those? I got it from uh, our man Bobby. Uh, 7.0 for mm. 3900 sold two days ago. Highest known value is uh, 16 grand from nine, from February 2020, man. But there you go. This book is blowing up. Oh, man. A little Super Scroll action. Look at that. A lot of Super Surfer on here, too. I yeah. wonder if people are hearing stuff, man. Super uh, Joe. Speaking of Miles. Craven. Wow, there's a lot of Spider-Man books in here. It's all in anticipation. Let's take a look at this. Oh, Squad and the one next to it out. too, though. Peacemaker. Yes, this is cool. Oh, look at that. This is <clears> John uh, Cena. This is pre. Yeah, this is Charlton. So this is like way back when. This is from 1966. 9.2 sold for 1800. And why not? He's getting his own solo series on HBO Max. That's it's going to be a prequel of sorts. Um, look at that long crime. Oh, this looks crazy. The City Press. Raymond Hamilton dies in the chair. Real stories from police files. The law and crime. Pre, this is obviously pre-code. I don't think you could uh, get away with this back in the 50s. Um, 7.0 sold for 1800 
Look at that. You never like oh. I've never seen this oh. before. This is from I'd spent eighteen hundred on that book. Yeah, I love those weird comics. Me too. This is Amazing Fantasy reprint, pretty sure. Uh, G.I. Joe is starting to heat up because uh, I think uh, Snake Eyes comes out next week. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I just saw a preview for it. Looks yeah, great. You got Snake Eyes next week. You've got uh, um, Lady J coming to Amazon with a series. And then the announcement this week of a brand new animated series, The Return of G.I. Joe as an animated series back Ooh. to its roots. That last animated series was awful. The animation on it was just horrible. If you remember, it was like maybe three years ago that they came out with it. Oh, Listen, man. if you're a G.I. Joe fan, you got to have a short memory and an eye to the future. That's how you got to yeah. be with some of this stuff. But 9.8 sold for two grand. Not hey. bad at all. It's also one of those books where there's like a number of first appearances in that yeah. book. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're it really. Is a, it is a huge book too. Like the, when they say <laughs> double size, they weren't kidding, man. This is a giant book. Okay, there's some Batman. Hey, we were just talking about man's app. A little demon love. Uh, so Ryan likes to uh, call yeah. it sex Ooh, life. Some Mariner's Speed comics. Yeah, you know, we always bring out bring out the Golden Age stuff. Look at this. <laughs> Look at these guys. I love it. Not a, Shock this? Gibson. This is, yeah, this is from Harvey Comics. Are Black any Cat, of these Shock characters Gibson. look familiar? No. But it just goes to show. I mean, not many of these go up for sale. I mean, if we just look at, you know, you know how many are in the census, there's probably not many at all. But, no. you know, if you see these Golden Age comics, you know, you really got to remember Golden Age comics back in the days. Kids used to read them, fold them up in their back pocket, and just ride around on their bikes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody oh, yeah. was caring about uh, what they were doing back in the day, man. Little man wolf. Look at that. That's that cool. Superman number nine. Love these uh, Superman uh, golden. Wasn't numbers. like the first ten issues like all yellow? Well, I guess not. The first nine were all yellow, weren't they? Yeah. Look, I'm gonna go back and take a look. There's... Oh no, seven. Yeah, but there's anyway, a lot, a lot like of the them first three or four like issues. They yeah. were like all um, so Superman number nine. This is from 1941, 950 for a raw comic. That seems to me like a great deal. <laughs> to me too. I really believe that that is a good deal. Like, where are you going to find bucks. early Superman books? You know what I mean? Jeez. Oh wow! I don't see many of these go up for sale either. Marvel Mystery Comics number 55. Wow. So this is like this is timely. Yeah. So you got a little uh, golden age, golden age Marvel. Yeah, this may be Marvel actually. Forty four. Uh, yeah. Well, eight ninety five for Rock Comic. I do believe that's. Uh, I wonder if that's. Uh, yeah, that's Toro and the original Human Torch uh, Hammond. So I remember he had a little sidekick named Toro that also had like uh, fire powers. Ah, uh, of course this is going to show up on here. That mighty Marvel Avengers looks familiar. Oh, it's a it's a swipe from Avengers Eleven, right? Yep. Something is killing the children. A couple of video game ones we were talking about. Uh, I saw Mario Brothers and I saw Zelda. It's, uh, I'm telling you, video so game comics. People are those video game collectors. It's a wave going on right now. There's a lot of talk. Yeah. You're seeing that, and you, and anytime also you start to see. YouTube channels and websites like reporting on these things, you're going to start to see buyer activity as well as it, it just yeah. stirs up that nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. 9.8 sold for 787. And uh, everybody's sleeping on Marvel or uh, on uh, Mario's first appearance uh, in that blip, blip magazine. Oh yeah. But we've talked about it on here. Oh, come on now. 
Booyah. Yeah, that looks awesome. I've never seen this cover. This is Power Girl number six. This is the Gilliam Gilliam March one in ten variant from two thousand nine. A nine point eight sold for six hundred. Wow, that's a dope cover. Yeah, that that was one of those ones that was findable. That that Power Girl run was like big money for speculators back in the day. And I was take a look at this next issue. Tell me that doesn't look like uh, what's his name Um, uh, from uh, uh, what's his name James Bond. uh, What was that movie he did? Oh. Um, Czar, Czar, something. <laughs> yeah. Tell me that doesn't look like him, man. Yes, it does. Uh, that is. Oh my god, I can't think of the name of the movie right now. But it was uh, Sean Connery played this kind of futuristic guy, and he had like a tights on and a ponytail. I looks dead on just like him, man. Uh, help me out with live chat. Who, what, who is that? Uh, come on, it was a. Uh, I think it's Zardoz. I think it's Zardoz. Uh, oh my god, how do I even remember? Yes, I, yes. King. I have a trivial memory. Okay, of just remembers useless shit all the time. Um, What's the dirty this, pair? Is that a Hughes? Adam, or Adam Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, Adam Hughes. Yeah, this one, this one has always been hot. Um, dirty pair is the the anime, uh, but this one has always, always, always been hot. Wow, nine point eight for six hundred bucks. That's that's dropped in price. If I want to say, uh, let's. I want to take a look at these. Hold on, man, because that seems to be lower than. Hmm, I guess not. Well, six ninety nine. There was one that sold for eight hundred. Uh, but yeah, this has always been sought out uh, by uh, collectors. I remember uh, David uh, seeking Nearman comics, or excuse me, the Doom One Four Three always talks about this comic for like years now. He's been talking about this book, um, and uh, this is Hughes at his best, drawing the womanly figure um, on a um, serious bitch's bike. I guess is what it says. <laughs> um, I'm surprised Red. We haven't seen more Red Hood books on here since uh, yeah. the, the Titans trailer dropped, and uh, I'm wondering if uh, that uh, nobody that cares about Titans. Yeah, well, you know I they do. got the Shut they up. got it. They got the HBO I love Max. It, it is what it, but the market the, no, I, the I market really doesn't think, care. I love it. No, I, I think DC TV shows they would have to like. I think they'll that people will pay attention to the new launches on HBO Max. Yeah, but I think Titans is going to be the victim of. The, the previous DC Universe app and struggle to kind of like find really HBO Max heat that you would expect from an HBO Max show. Right. I, I yeah, because the yeah. Green Lantern Core show will be what really starts us off. Although, yeah. I mean, from the trailers, it looks like we're getting the death of Robin and we're mm-hmm. getting some Joker teases. Marble Gordon in a chair, too. You know, there's but a the lot of. Is, will people go back and watch the episodes that already exist so that they care about this current season? That's what's going to be the key. Yeah, because the budgets yeah. for the first two seasons of Titans was not that good. Hopefully, the eight they get that HBO Max money so they can, uh, you know, I up care, the James. I care. Like season one of Titans, oh my god! Uh, the some of the graphics, uh, CGI in there was was awful. Uh, I mean, Trigon was disappointing, but they did Trigon for Christ's sake! Oh Come my on. god, when yeah. did you think it was cool? But oh my god, it was, on TV. it was awful CGI. It was yeah. awful CGI. Yeah, but, and, it, and what's funny is Swamp Thing, they was great for, for DC Universe, yeah, and they stopped. It? They stopped because it cost too much, and yeah. you know so. It just goes, the DC Universe is, you know, eventually going to be just dead and everything's going to move over. So Doom Patrol on HBO Max and everything. And that's good because now they can use, you know, subscriber-based money to for the budgets of these shows, um, just like Disney Plus is doing on their shows, right? Look at the budgets on some of those. I mean, some of the stuff in Loki, uh, just the graph, I mean, it's oh, just absolutely it's phenomenal. phenomenal. Uh, with phenomenal. The, uh, the last episode that with all the, the weird... 
Yeah. Especially the last episode. Yeah. Well, the season, the episode before that, when 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 Loki did the Asgard and with uh, what was what's the thing's name? What's the thing's name? Ashra. uh, Eliath. Eliath. I mean, that whole Eliath scene was unbelievable. And even when they were on Laurentis. Also, being able to be able to afford Tom Hiddleston to be able to bring in a guest star like Owen Wilson to do like a smaller role. You weren't seeing that in like the Netflix series. No, you were getting TV actors stepping into those roles. And and, then, you know, I love Rosario Dawson. I think Ahsoka Tano is going to be her crowning role. Um, But at the point, like the bank account of Marvel Disney is. Yeah. It's another level. (laughs) Oh no. You're talking. That's that's higher than that's not. Like and, they're, and they're also willing to invest up, right? So they'll put the money into a project and and just believe on the returns on the back end instead of the way a lot of companies want to go. They want to kind of show improve. Right. So Marvel will put that money out on a new character. Um, you're not going to see like when Riri debuts. They're not going to go cheap on Riri, right? They're not going to go cheap on Miss Marvel. You're going to see the same quality for a proven character that they get and the proven character like Loki, who's been around now right. for a decade. Yeah, and what's interesting is if you think about, I think last time I looked, uh, Disney Plus has like over 105 million subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. I mean, and you think about Netflix has, I think, double that. But Netflix, I mean, Netflix has so many different shows that they can't give budgets to all of them. Yeah. So, you know, right. you know, for Jupiter's Legacy, big budget. And he's like, you know, we're not going to do season two. It costs too much. And then, you know, you think about other shows that are low budget, you know, that they're doing. Whereas uh, Disney Plus can really say we're going to do, you know, two or three shows and we could give it these big budgets. I think the next I think Amazon does a better job than Netflix with budgets. If you look at like The Boys um, and other and then the new Lord of the Rings that's coming out. Oh, man. You know. That's yeah, supposed have to be any teasers on that yet or anything? No, they just started principal photography and they leaked some uh, photos of some of the characters. But um, if you think they said the budgets are in, akin to uh, the like the later seasons of Game of Thrones, which wow. was the most yeah. expensive TV show up I'm to that point ever made. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, up up to that point. I mean, and now I mean, you're going to see giant budgets, especially when you have a paid subscriber base that helps pay for this as opposed right. to broadcast TV uh, depends on advertiser dollars. Right. That's why if you watch ABC, CBS, you're like, eh, somebody shows, can you just imagine if Asia shield were to come on to Disney plus, they could have done so oh. much more. Oh yeah. And, and plus it was pretty much disconnected from the MCU for the most part. There was a few callbacks, but if it was entrenched, in the dis in the um, MCU and they did Agents of Shield show. Well, it man. was pretty entrenched, wasn't it? I mean, it was the basis was, of I, Captain I, America: I, Winter Soldier, wasn't it? I've had some some conversations with some people who were involved in that show, um, and it was it was so early stages of the Marvel universe. They didn't have everything kind of like laid right, out, laid out. Yeah, so, so it was big was- on that part and then the yeah, hydra part and then after that it kind of they had to fly by the seat of their pants yeah. a lot yeah and then I try see. to like make things work with what was going on and try to fit stuff in um i think that i, th- I think i think i think tivo's exactly right if that show existed today oh today compared to yes Colson, you know, I, just, I still watched it every day i still watched it every week when it came out man and, and i'll tell you one who just say shield can't come back yeah like, that show could come back at any time the Quake Daisy Johnson reveal at the se- one of, and one of the seasons 
was incredible, Fire. right? When she showed her, finally showed her power set and Ghost Rider doing his chain when he showed up. I mean, there are some really cool scenes in there. And, you know, there's other things like Deathlock where they just didn't have the budget to, to right. for lack of a better word, flesh out the character or give him the proper CGI. The reason Ghost Rider didn't appear for more seasons is the CGI cost too much money because we're talking ABC budgets compared to a Disney Plus budget, right? Which are, separate, you know, even though they all under the, uh, the, uh, Disney umbrella, they still have their own budgetary constraints that they have to deal with. And Disney Plus is like, you know what? We don't need we don't need no stinking budget. We got we're gonna do it all. And then you know we print money. Yeah. And so and, uh, hopefully and then, one more comment to like Jason in the in the chat was talking about somebody's killing children with Netflix and the budget. The one thing I would say to that effect is the thing to remember about Netflix isn't that they won't spend money. It's what what T- TiVo was saying was that they've got so many things they can't put money into everything so they're gonna they have to pick and choose now you've got to look at something like something's killing the children and its position within comics no disrespect to jupiter's legacy but something's killing the children outsells jupiter legacy fivefold so because so because of that it will definitely get more attention and more um and more kind of support from netflix having said that it's a horror property and horror is notoriously a cheaper uh genre to play in then then a lot of these other ones you don't have to lean on start the same star power uh, you can tease things without fully showing them and it's all about how much time you show something for um so i think that something's killing the children number one i think it's gonna be a flagship program i think if you're worried about budgetary concerns with boom netflix stuff berserker is going to be the one that breaks the bank for netflix yeah. that's I mean, the thing about money. What Netflix really puts their eggs behind in their basket, if you think about Stranger Things, I mean that that budget is incredible because some of yeah. the these the act the CG, and I think with something is killing the children, you have an ongoing comic the same time the show is coming out, and to Jupiter's Legacy, that comic came out like eight years ago, and they made a show, you know what I mean? Right, it's right. almost like, but you know, almost, I know they're they're it got doing so ju- hot so quick. Yeah. It's almost like the show is yeah. Ooh. Red or uh, green lighted before the comic yeah. book even because I know out. they're doing uh, M- Mark Miller's doing a Jupiter's Legacy, uh, another one I think it's called Requiem, uh, yeah. comic, you know. But it's almost like when you have a, a hot comic out at the same time that a show is like the perfect example is that to set the example to set the standards of The Walking Dead, Walking Dead. they had a show coming out and comics coming out both at the same time. Yeah. I think Lock and Key was a victim of that as well, where yep, the, sure. the show came out but there wasn't an ongoing comic. And then they came out with a comic, you know, after the fact. But I think the Jack hit it right in the head. If you have an ongoing comic that's hot and a TV show or a movie on at well, the same time, the most recent Sweet Tooth. I haven't seen many Sweet Tooth books around. You know, I don't know if those are selling. It's still not an ongoing series, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Number no, one. No, that's what I'm saying. It's it's an right. old yeah. book, so it's and, and along those lines. They just Boom just announced today that they're expanding the Something's Killing the Children universe with a new title, House of Slaughter, that will tell all of the stories of the universe outside of Erica. So with that expansion, you got to look at something like Something's Killing the Children and realize that that initial TV that they show that they start with may not be the only thing we ever get from that property. This could be a like massive, massive property for Netflix. The, the way the direct market, the way the book market reacted, the trade paperback sales of something's killing the children are ridiculous. So the way that book performs, Uh. I have no, like if they mess up that one, Netflix 
like messed up. Like they, they just, they, 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 they would really need to regroup and look at things because that's the hottest book on the market. You landed it. You did everything you had to do to get it from signing a first look deal with the company to jumping on it, to putting a huge director on it. You know, they're going to bring actors to that. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't think, and Netflix doesn't follow the same model as cable or broadcast TV where there's seasons, right? Hey, we just finished the season, then we go right. into fall, and then the new season comes out again. Stranger Things last season was, what, two years ago? It feels like forever. It seems like forever, and they're just coming out with now. And I think that really, that can hurt, I think, uh, as well, a show yep. or a comic book. If they, you know, if they were to do... I don't know why Netflix doesn't create a Netflix cinematic universe. The NCU. Oh, oh. right. You can put all these properties together. You know, I'm just saying, make an NCU. I don't know how the different contracts would work, but I think that would be cool. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I, I don't trust Netflix fully uh, on their. They've done some good stuff. Yeah, but Let's they've also done some, much. some bad decisions about stuff and oh, just yeah. the timing of it. And because. I could spend an hour trying to find something and when I find something, it's pure garbage. Like uh like we were talking to last uh, on Tuesday, Warrior Nun Ariella mm-hmm. should have been badass, but it wasn't, right? Um, you know. Um, well, I think so- that the hand off hands off approach that Netflix takes creatively with a lot of the creators is both good and bad. It's good in that it lets you kind of create and do what you want to do, but it's bad in that, you know, sometimes when left in the hands of creators they, they lose sight of some of those things that are important, both monetarily yeah. and from like a marketing standpoint. And I think that that hurts the overall success of some of these these uh, movies and, and TV shows. Yeah. Give me a season like every year. Uh, I'm, you know, um, I mean, The Witcher, I think, is on schedule. Right. Kind of. I mean, when you think of the Marvel Netflix yeah. stuff, they were pretty much on schedule. But then again. It was Netflix's money they were using, and they didn't appreciate that. So the budgets were uh, were blown out. But you know, there's some interesting stuff on there. Here, I would tell you guys about the show I just saw, um, "How I Became a Superhero." It's a French film, absolutely fantastic. A little different take, but it feels very. It's a very comic booky type movie, and I cannot praise high enough a uh, Spanish film called Nun- "Unknown Origins." It's what it's seven meets Batman year one. That's the best really? way I can put it. Go check out these foreign films. Man. What is if you it don't called? Like what is it called? It's called Orienes uh, Unknown, uh, Secret Origins, Secretos Secret. Orienes, okay. or on the Netflix on the American side, I think the title is called Unknown Origins. It's it's super geeky. There's a guy in there that literally works at a comic book shop and they they the uh, there's a series of murders and that's why i say it's like seven and the first series of murders are based off of comic books and they dr- literally drop oh, okay. names like hulk number one this happened in uh, x-men or avengers number one and they literally talk about comic books and it's great there's geeky cool. anime cosplay in it it's such a great movie and and the, things like that get buried by netflix have really? you guys heard about it never no. Unknown Origins. It's on Netflix. It's a Spanish film, and it got slept on. There's a new one. This French film called um, uh, How I Became a Superhero is very cool as well. It's a basically it's a world where superheroes exist, and um, there's a police squad that deals with super uh, supervillain crimes. And I'll just leave it at that. Just go in and watch it. It's called I think it's called um, How I Became a Superhero, but it's it's a French film. If you don't like reading subtitles, there guess what? There's English dubs. Man, watch it. Yeah, and, I don't know. I found that English dubs ruin it. 
Yeah, I watch it with subtitles. Well, but it also, depends, but yeah. subtitles, you just you get the acting. I mean, yeah. that's. I always look for nice, fun little foreign things to watch and binge. And Ragnarok, binge two seasons of it, loved it. It's a, uh, I think it's from Norway or something. Basically, telling uh, it's a modern retelling of the Norse mythologies with, with Thor, Loki, Odin. Go peep it out, man. I watched so, about Barbarians. That was the one I watched. It was German. Uh, yeah, it's like, there's yeah. Some, there's Nar- Narcos got me so so. Narcos comfortable. got me so comfortable phenomenal. reading subtitles. I think. Oh yeah, I would have never read, watched foreign films with the uh, like kind of like the level of openness that I have today. If it wasn't, well, you got to watch Narcos in, in, with subtitles on because the cursing is absolutely fucking fantastic. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Will, <laughs> what'll get you when you're watching that show is if you for even five seconds stop reading and like you're watching the show, you're like, oh shit, what did I just miss? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah uh but uh, you know it's um it's like i mean if you think about the stars that came through uh i meant you know uh narcos i mean narcos was a big budget so you know and a lot of times i think netflix just kind of buys things from people and say hey we'll we'll give you money and to throw it on here like yeah, so lupin like a lupin lot of is ones that are bad yeah. that are bad lupin. like that that's what it is yeah and they're really trash but lupin is also good or lupin uh that have yeah. you guys seen that series that yeah, one is excellent if you if you like little like um, heist type uh, series, that's a great series to binge. There you go. So that was our segment on uh, foreign uh, series <laughs> on movies and TVs right. on Netflix. Man, we can do a whole show about yeah, that. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, file on you. Yeah, because you know why? Because you know, because sometimes people just binge the same thing over and well, over again. Yeah. It's fun to watch something different, and it, it's like I've watched. There was this one. It was a vignette. It was three different, and I think it was from. I want to say it was Japan, maybe Korea, but like the first one, they ate bad meat and they turned into zombies. The second one was my favorite. It was the, the story of this uh, robot that cleaned a Buddhist monastery, but the robot nice. became enlightened, but they thought it was broken. So they brought this guy in to fix it, but it was Buddha. It was really cool. Whoa, I forget what it was called. I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up. It was cool. Oh, I got something for you guys to watch, Ryan. You really watch this? It's a it's a Hulu doc. It's a three part Hulu documentary called Sasquatch. Oh, I'm down. I'm ready. Is Just, that where they like? It's. I don't want to give you for, anything away because the second is episode is it in Humboldt? Is it in Humboldt? Yeah, it's a the okay. Emerald Triangle. It's about okay. the Emerald Triangle, but I think I saw it, a trailer. I don't want to give anything away because the first episode you're thinking, oh, it's this, it's this, not the other. The second episode it goes in a totally different direction. I'm so, ready. Peep out Sasquatch and Hulu, and uh, cool. that's it for the. That's all your recommendations. There for we go. You got a weekend. <laughs> you got a hey, and join us this weekend. Yeah. Any yeah. last words, yeah. Jack? Muted. My bad. No, <laughs> man. <laughs> we'll let everybody go. I know we've been uh, hanging in late, but shout out to the live chat that hung with us and uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, waited on us to uh, make our appearance. But appreciate everybody, and I hope everybody has a good weekend. All right, Ryan. Any last words? Well, uh, we are going to have a good weekend. Come join us in San Diego on Friday. What, what time does it start? I think. I think at eleven a.m. to eleven like p.m. Yeah, so we'll be down there probably for the uh, Clayton Crane sign. Late afternoon, and yeah, we're gonna be hanging out. So come join us. Uh, we'll be having some fun. Getting yep, a signature. So I'm bringing a book. I got a cool Joker book. Got, I'm gonna have him sign. Got your Clayton Crane books. Come on by. Bring them by. I'll sign them. Uh, and uh, you know, there's different things. Clayton Crane has quite an extensive menu for signatures because he signs about 20, 10 or fifteen different I ways. I want to have him do it this way, where it's all the rainbow thing. You know. Yeah, that cool. one's expensive. I know. Uh, 
And for those just joining us, this drops tomorrow on krscomics.com at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. This is the Miles Morales Spider-Man number 29 sneakerhead variant. Use the discount code of LOTLB to save 15% off. Set your alarms, boys and girls. This one may go quickly, is my guess. Uh, You know, Miles is hot and sneakers. And that's it, man. So we appreciate you guys for hanging in with us. uh, And uh, we will see you Saturday. We're going to go live Saturday. Me and Ryan will go on live Saturday from KRS HQ. Don't show up, though, because it's it's closed just for us to go live. And we're going to talk to the crew of KRS. Um, We're also going to have Mikey Sutton on the live show. And we got a long-term spec list uh, as well. So uh, tune in on Saturday right around 4 p.m. is my guess. And we're going to be drinking and doing live shows. It'll be fun. Who knows what will happen? I don't know what's going to happen. All right. (laughs) Until next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out.